0: Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager, Communications Officer with Employment First. This episode, we are discussing the COVID-19 vaccine rollout for Oregonians with intellectual and developmental disabilities, their family members, and support staff. Joining me today is Shaylis Cronenberg, Case Management Services and Supports Manager for the Office of Developmental Disabilities. Shayles has been working closely with the Oregon Health Authority and other partners on COVID-19 efforts for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, including the rollout of the vaccine for the IDD population. She is here today to discuss the vaccine rollout specific to the IDD service system. Welcome, Shailis.
1: Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me today.
0: No problem. Thanks for joining us.
1: So thanks to the advocacy of people
0: with intellectual and developmental disabilities, their families, providers, and others, people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their unpaid or paid caregivers were included in Oregon Health Authority's Phase 1A priority group for the COVID-19 vaccine. Shalice, Can you tell us a little bit about how the vaccine rollout first happened for people with IDD and their families
1: and support staff? Certainly. In October and November, we started, we as in the Office of Developmental Disability Services started collaborating with the Oregon Health Authority on plans to roll out the vaccines to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, as well as their caregivers and people who they live with. We worked on resources and information to share about the vaccine with people. We worked on fact sheets to be used by providers, by services coordinators, and personal agents, as well as family members and advocates in helping individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities learn facts about the vaccine. We really emphasized that this is a choice that each person can make in whether they accept the vaccine or choose not to. So that is the focus of those communications that we shared. We worked with our Community Developmental Disability Programs, or CDDPs, as well as our brokerages who were absolutely vital in helping with the communication about vaccines to the individuals that they support. We also worked with the Oregon Health Authority on enrolling some of our adult group home and adult foster care home providers into what's called the Federal Pharmacy Partnership Program. This is a program where the federal pharmacies, which are CVS and Walgreens, coordinated vaccines to go specifically to people living in adult group homes. The pharmacies were going and coordinating vaccine clinics right at the group home or at their administrative offices specific to individuals living in those settings. So that was another thing that we helped to coordinate.
0: Have you heard about the Employment Outcome System? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS website, puts you in control. Go to eos.oregon.gov, and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So all of this, as you noted, was happening during the holidays, and it happened really quickly. We had you know, just a few weeks, really, to start rolling out a response and start preparing for the vaccine rollout. So,
1: Shaylis, can you talk about some of the challenges of this rollout? Certainly. And as you mentioned, Angela, all of this coordination and vaccine rollout happening at the same time of the holidays didn't help. As soon as Oregon realized that they were going to be receiving vaccines, we had a couple of weeks to figure out the coordination of how the vaccines would reach people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. As you may have heard, the first effort was getting vaccines to people in nursing facilities and at the same time, quickly figuring out how to make the vaccines available to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. There was a lot of communication that rolled out from our office as well as from the Oregon Health Authority. And our work with the local public health offices was instrumental in getting this completed. The local public health authorities quickly coordinated vaccine clinics and worked with our community developmental disability programs and our brokerages to identify individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities their caregivers, and help to communicate out that these vaccine clinics were happening. There was also a little bit of confusion in terms of who specifically was eligible for phase 1A, which was that first group of people who were eligible to receive the vaccine. We worked really hard with the Oregon Health Authority and with our advocates to Ensure that all of the individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, as well as their caregivers, were included into that first phase 1A and that the local public health authorities, the community developmental disability programs and their providers all understood that's where that people were included in the phase 1A.
0: Yeah, and as you noted, Shayla's Office of Developmental Disability Services and our partners and advocates worked really hard during that time to try to work out some of the issues that were happening and ensure that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their support staff had access to the vaccine. So tell me about some of the wins, some of the achievements that ODDS was able to achieve.
1: Sure. And I would go back and reiterate that our collaboration and Our ability to communicate with the local public health offices and with the Oregon Health Authority, that was a huge win. We've developed some really great relationships working with those other entities, and they do really and truly understand that individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities are at risk and really do need access to the vaccines should they be interested and willing to accept the vaccine. We also had another huge win, and that was getting a state partnership vaccine clinic to go to our state stabilization and crisis unit homes. These are people who really have high needs. And the fact that we were able to bring the vaccine clinics to their homes so that they themselves, the people living in the homes, as well as all of their caregivers could have access right there to the vaccines and not have to stand in line or register and go to another location to have the vaccine. Another win, I would say, is working with the Oregon Health Authority to coordinate having the coordinated care organizations or the CCOs be facilitating the state partnership vaccine clinics to the rest of our adult group homes who had not yet had access to the vaccine and to our foster care homes and all of the people living and working within those entities. The communication and the data sharing between our entities has been another huge win. We've heard that There's a little bit of delay in getting the state partnership program up and going, but the success at the end of the day is going to be huge. I want to make sure that I'm mentioning all of the people who live also with family members, as well as they may live independently, and those people as well are being included in the state partnership vaccine clinics that are being coordinated through the Coordinated Care Organizations.
0: And I know that we're also connecting weekly with our case management organizations, our CDPs and brokerages to make sure that they're connecting with individuals in their services, as well as staff, personal support workers, et cetera, you know, trying to make sure that they're getting access and information to vaccine clinics whenever possible. Is that
1: correct? That is And I would add on to say that the community developmental disability programs and the brokerages and our advocates continue to bring solutions to us. They identify gaps in terms of who is not getting access to the vaccine. And then we are able to take That information, those ideas, those gaps, those solutions to our weekly check-ins. So the ODDS, the Office of Developmental Disability Services meets regularly with the Oregon Health Authority to figure out how to mitigate those gaps, how to get access to 16 and 17-year-olds who can only have one type of the vaccine, which is that Pfizer vaccine, how to get vaccines to rural areas. So I think the partnership that we have with OHA and our weekly check-ins there, actually we meet twice a week with them, and the weekly check-ins with our CDDPs and brokerages has been a huge benefit with them collaborating with us and helping to communicate back to the individuals that they support ways for them to get the vaccine. Great.
0: Need help planning your road to work? Go to roadtowork.oregon.gov and create your customized course to a job using available services and supports. That's Road to Work with the number two, .oregon.gov. you addressed this at the beginning of our conversation, but I wanted to come back to it. Now, what about the issue of choice? How is ODDS, the Office of Developmental Disability Services, addressing the really important topic of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities having a choice whether to get the vaccine?
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. Thanks, Angela. We've worked on developing fact sheets so that individuals can either read it themselves or have a provider or a services coordinator or personal agent read it to them to help inform them about the benefits of the vaccine, what getting the vaccine might mean to them, as well as we've translated those documents, knowing that not everybody has the primary language of English. So those documents have been shared out to all providers, all of our case management offices. We've also stressed to providers that it's really the individual's choice to get the vaccine. We don't want any unintended persuasion of getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine to come across, that it really needs to be that neutral conversation that people are having with individuals who have intellectual and developmental disabilities so that they are independently making that choice or that their guardian is making a choice along with them. And also, I think that, you know, of
0: course, when it first rolled out, some folks might have been a little bit hesitant. And and so that conversation continues to happen, correct, even after maybe some people who originally, you know, weren't so sure about getting the vaccine, they might change their mind later.
1: Absolutely, and that's one of the things that we continue to discuss internally is ensuring that people who do change their mind later, maybe a month later or 2 months later, still have access to a vaccine clinic and that we are intentionally thinking forward so that it's not a one-time choice. So we want them to be able to think about it if if that's what they need and make that choice later. Great. Shayless, is there anything else you'd like to add that I may have forgotten to ask? I think the only thing at this point that I would add, Angela, is our appreciation for the community developmental disability programs, the brokerages, and all of the providers, as well as all of our advocates, the advocates who really are pushing hard to make sure that All individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their caregivers have access within this first round of vaccines. We couldn't have done it without the collaboration of all of those entities um, working alongside us to ensure that people have choice, that they have access, as well as the caregivers who support them. Yeah, it really does take a village, right? It's
0: the whole IDD community coming together on this to make things happen. Oh, absolutely.
1: It sure does. Well,
0: thank you so much, Shailis, for joining us today. This has been
1: the Employment First podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me.